0: It's hard to drive through that busy. And drive through. It, it, it is rather busy. So, so what we were talking about, y'all, I don't know if y'all were able to listen to the Pride episode on the podcast last week, but I did upload it. Okay. But we're, we're talking about the seven daily sins or deadly sins that we're calling daily because we, and again, kind of like I just mentioned, I'm not trying to paint everybody in a bad light, but I'm also honest, at least with myself, and I would ask you all to be honest with yourselves, um, if we're going to make this happen as a, uh, as a discipleship group, <clears throat> that, for example, we're talking about lust tonight. And as I talk about my testimony, I don't look at every one of you and assume that you are just walking around lusting all day long. That's not my assumption. And I know that's not the case for not a single one of us. <clears throat> but I also know that if we're human and we're living, there are times. And so, and, and, and the truth is that men are more susceptible to it. But women are also susceptible to it. We're we're all uh, created to be reproductive creatures. Um, And and men obviously are more visual, but that doesn't mean women don't appreciate, you know, come on in, guys. (laughs) Well, kids are like, oh. So, anyway, lust. Lust is a daily sin. Um, It's just like pride. We talked about pride last week, Um, it's daily. Come on in, man. Come have a seat. Join us for Bible study. Yeah. Oh, look. Y'all come on in. There's plenty of seats. Y'all just make you seven. There's some cookies right there. That's awesome, y'all. I'm so glad to see y'all. Yeah. Good to see you, man. We're talking about... <laughs> I'm so glad to see you. We're talking about... <clears throat> the Bible calls them seven deadly sins. And I'm calling them seven daily sins because I wanted to point out that we're that we we deal with these things daily um, to some extent. Um, some others, you know, some more, some less. You know, um, like I was pointing out, I don't think I know we're not all sitting in here rank sinners. I, I know that God is with us and helping us, but anyway, we're we're trying to disciple each other. Um, I just have the the. I guess the honor of being able to teach it and speak it out. but So it's a daily sin. I'm happy yes, sir. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. You said this is on the podcast. Yes, sir. I'm recording it right now. Yeah. and I'll send you... Um, would you give your phone number to my wife? And I will send you the link. Okay. And uh, as soon as I get it uploaded tomorrow. So it affects men and women. It would be probably able to say that it affects men a little bit more because we're visual. Women are more emotional, but emotional still. There's emotional lust as well. Um, Women to to almost as if you'd have to have a a woman teach you that, bro. Be safe. Uh, Chris, that thing spells evil. It's all like rotate this way since. I hate to leave y'all, but I got, got We well, thank you for stopping in, man. We're, we're here every Thursday night. So hang out with us as long as you can. Have coffee, cookies. And, you know, we're not upset that you have to leave. We're just glad you got to come. Okay. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yes, sir. Right. Um, men, are, men are easy. <clears throat> it's easy to, to describe our, our lustful scenarios. Um, although we don't like describing them, we don't like talking about them because we're, you know, we're private men. It's easy to know where we are. For you women, it's a little bit different. <clears throat> Again, y'all are more emotional, um, so, so it's a lot of times for you if, as you. And this is not something we're necessarily talking between each other, uh, man, maybe man to man or woman to woman. But as you as you introspect yourself and as you think about yourself, your women are gonna be you're gonna be thinking more about your emotions and about how you go throughout your day emotionally, and men are gonna be thinking about our day visually. It's not. No, no way is worse or better. No way is right or wrong necessarily. That's just the way we were created. Um, so what is lust? Now there's, there, there is the, the dictionary definition, and then there's more like the biblical definition. So I'm going to start off with the dictionary definition. And these are some pretty interesting words that it chooses here. Um, pleasure, delight, desire, appetite, a, a relishment or a relishing for. An inclination or an inclination to. And then, in a biblical sense, the Bible is always using the word lust or the terms in a sexual nature. It's not really, um, um, most occasions, it's not talking about lusting after money or lusting after um, big houses or this or that. It's generally when the Bible's talking about it, it's primarily going to mean, in most of the scriptures anyway, that it's, it's of a sexual nature. Um, so, so biblically defined, a sensuous appetite, um, an appetite that leads to sin. And we'll, we'll read Scripture how this leads to sin. Um, sexual appetite of desire leading to intense moral reprobation. Um, libidinous desire, uh, you know, a, a, a desire like a libido type desire. Um, a degrading animal passion is another way that the word lust is used in the Bible. And so let's let's break that down a little bit. It, lust takes us away from our humanity. So so you would the devil would lie to you and tell you that lust is a part of your humanity that that's who you are that's what you're going to deal with and that's not true. The Bible the Bible explains in a couple of the the verses that it's it's actually taking you away from your humanity. Your, your humanity is not meant to be that. Although again you are meant to be a sexual creature, right? Um, within the confines of marriage, and, and biblically, God has set it up so that we have, have that to our advantage. Um, but it, we don't want to confuse that with the sin of lust. because and, and God, He's doing that, He's making that distinction because He's wanting to make sure that we understand that that pulls us away from our humanity. It's not, hum- it's not what we are. It's just something that we can fall prey to, right? There's a big difference in sin in our lives. There's some things that we are. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. I, I had one earlier. We are flesh. Let me put it this way. There's nothing we can do about our flesh. We're going to deal with it. right? There's other things, sin-wise, that we aren't. They just get on us and maybe attack us spiritually. Uh, powers and principalities. Things that, that aren't necessarily in our nature, but, if, but we, if we don't be careful of it, it can, it can attack us. Um, Let me read one more um, definition from the Bible: lawless and passionate desire for some object. There is occasions in the Bible where it does talk about you know kings and different people lusting after objects, Um, and you'll see we're going to talk about object or or objectification in just a minute. Um, But scripturally, pretty basically, if we could kind of get to a basic definition, it's it's sexual sexual immorality. Adultery and anytime it's referenced as the carnal mind, it's a it's a lustful type scenario. So, is lust wrong? Well, we talked about pride, right? A couple uh, last week we talked about how there's good pride and bad pride. Let me quickly kind of summarize that for, for y'all that weren't here last week. the, the good pride is you you you're, you've been proud of your kids. They've got accomplishments. Didn't Ty just have a birthday or something like that recently? And so you took those pictures and you posted him on Facebook, proud of him. You weren't comparing him to anybody else. You just said, I'm so proud of my son for the man he's becoming, the, the, you know, his, his, his personality, his this, his that. You, you're, you're proud of him. And that's okay. But what if you just said, oh, look at my son. He's so much taller than the other kids. He's got such a better complexion than the other kids. He's so much smarter than the other kids in his class and this and that. But you, you, so you would compare him to somebody else, and that would be a negative or a bad pride, right? It's it's, it's a little bit more complex, but that, that's basically the thing. We when we when we we can be proud of ourselves, even, right? We can say, I'm so thankful. I, I felt like I did a really good job at my job. I felt like I I finished a a, a project that my boss wanted me to do, and I felt like I really did, I did a really good job. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the the other the other part of that is you saying. You know, I'm so glad they gave the job to me because oh so and so there couldn't did it. He he'd have failed. He'd have, he'd have drove us into the into the ditches. And that's bad pride because you you're, you're comparing yourself to somebody. And so the, basically, the best thing to do when it comes to pride is just don't compare yourself to somebody. Be honest about who you are. Be honest about your talents and your skills. There's nothing wrong with that. Lust is similar, but it's not that clear. Okay, so. So there's, I don't want to say there's a good lust, but there there's, and actually there's another word that maybe somebody can help me with. A basic desire. There's nothing wrong with desiring things. For example, um, I, I desire to have a good job. I, I mean, that's just, right? Wow. I'm not lusting after a good job. It's just something that I desire. I just, I want it. I need it. I understand that it's part of me that... A man needs to work. It's a it's a good thing that a man has a job. It makes us feel good about ourselves. It makes us feel accomplished. It gives us a fulfillment, right? And so and so I'm not lusting after that though. So you see what I'm saying? How this there can be some times when we desire things or we want things that are not, it's not lust. But I can also say, I could also look at that same uh, job aspect. Maybe, maybe there's somebody that's got a really good job and they make really good money and they drive really nice vehicles around. And I sit around and I dwell and I get angry and I get bitter because I don't have that job. Oh, I want that job so bad. If they'd have gave me that job, I'd I could have done so much better. And so it's somewhat pride here too. But but now I'm turning this this desire into something negative. It's beginning to to eat at me and and cause me. To sin in other ways, and actually, we'll read a scripture how all this happens in a minute. So, the answer to the question is lust wrong. Maybe not, because the definition of lust is to desire. But if you can't take it into that point of to desire, um, to desire with an animal passion, maybe like you're you're willing to do whatever it takes to get it. You're you're willing to set aside morals, and that that's where it gets into the lust category. So what I'm trying to point out to you is that I don't think we should walk around with no desires. I don't think we should walk around aimlessly, not seeking anything, not looking for anything. Just, oh, I'm just a, I'm just a bacteria in a petri dish, just floating around. That's not the way God wants us to live. He wants us to have desires, and He wants us to to desire a happy marriage and a and a loving marriage. And He wants us to desire to have a a happy home with our kids feeling safe and confident. Okay, so that, that, those are things that's okay. Um, God's word, however, does indicate, and I think we all know this, but it indicates that lust is a sin. Um, let's talk about. I'm gonna give you four passages here. Um, anybody with a Bible on their phone, or if I've got a few passages I'd like for everybody for us to pull up, I'll just uh, start with uh, Jonathan here. First John two and sixteen, and then Johnny um, John fifteen and nineteen. And Sister Joyce, are you getting you getting the Bible up? Um Second Timothy chapter two verse four. Second Timothy. And I tell you what, would you would you find Matthew five and eight for me? Mm-hmm. Matthew five and eight. Do what now? So you're gonna get second Timothy two, and I'm gonna have her get five and eight, and we'll stop right there. So the first one, um, it, it, the lust of the flesh and of the eyes belongs to the world. Could you read six verse sixteen for me? For all that is in the world, the lust yeah. of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, not of the Father, but of the world. Okay, so uh, th- this begins off by saying, "For all that is of the world." And there's these, there's this one. that's the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes. So there's the lust of the flesh, uh, and and there's here's another one that's confusing. Some sometimes being hungry can become a lust of the flesh. But it's also not a sin to be hungry. So it's like, where does this line, where does it change from being a desire into lust? And I think that's the point where we begin to lose our morals over it, right? But but it is, you're going to have to be eat, and you're going to have to have a fleshly desire for things. Um, and also, there's some, the, the the lust of the eyes. The lust of the eyes, um, it, They all they all have this little line where it becomes where it becomes sin. And I think that's the, the point when morality begins to break down. Um, and, and I think that may be subjective for each person, right? You, your places where this might become sin for you is, is maybe not the same for me. Um, so, And also, as being Christians, here, here's the next reason we believe it's sin or that we believe the Scripture indicates that it's sin is because we are not supposed to be of the world. And so if these things are of the world and we're not supposed to be of the world, then that means then we're not supposed to do that. And don't call it sin if you don't want to. That's fine, but we're still not supposed to do it. It may not send you to hell. Maybe we could set aside that argument for just a moment and just say God doesn't want us doing that. Therefore, we should do our best not to because we're in a relationship with it. We're working towards... um, We're not of the world. John 15 and 19, please. Right. Therefore the world has- Yes. So he says, he says, "If you were of the world, hey, that world would receive you. They, they, You'd just fall right into play with the world, but you're not of the world." He, he says, "I've called you, and I've chosen you out of it." So again, it's just something we're not supposed to be doing. We're not supposed to have it in our life. Second um, Timothy chapter two, verse four, please. okay so that's that's fine that's perfect that's actually really good the basic thing about that is 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 lust if we're lusting it limits our ability to fight against sin and and our commander wants us to be able to fight because it is a war that we're fighting um and maybe it's not a, a war that we're fighting with me and lust it's i'm fighting for my children i'm fighting for my families i'm fighting for the people i love that are my friends and family in the church and if i've got lust in my heart I, it, read twenty two as well in that same chapter if you don't mind. That's perfectly fine, yes ma'am. Stay away from the equals a young person like you typically want to do. Your best to live right and to have faith, love, and feel together with others who trust in the moment heart. That's right. Pure hearts is an is a a necessity for us. We we We've got to do our best to have a pure heart. Um, let's see here, Matthew five and eight, please. Why we need this is why we need a pure heart. Great blessings to those whose thoughts are pure. Right. They will be with God. I want to be with God. What about y'all? Maybe not today. <laughs> give me some. Give me some years, Lord. But, 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 regardless, I want to have a relationship with Him right now. Because I believe that having a relationship with God right now is the only thing that's going to keep me out of the junk. right? And I know that to be fact because I once was in the junk when I didn't have God. right? I found myself in this place of of purity at heart. No, I'm not perfect, but my heart I believe still is pure I, because I do know what I want, and it's the things of God. Um, so the Scripture says that if you want to see God or be with God, I think is what it says. I can't remember exactly what you read now, but it says we've got to have a pure heart. And so if if a pure heart is... Is required and lust impur- impurifies, messes up our heart. Then we, we would know that that would it, again maybe not sin, but it's going to keep us away from God, right? First um, Peter two and eleven. We don't have to read it, but First Peter uh, two and eleven basically says that lust wages war against our soul. It's not only it's not only trying to separate us from God. If it separated us from God and and then you know, let us go, it would be it would that would be that, but it doesn't. Lust doesn't stop. It it is its goal is to war against not only God, but us. Cause here's the deal. Most of us deal with these things, these thoughts and these patterns, and nobody knows about it. It's a battle between me and myself most days, right? Unless I'm just confident enough and have a friend close enough that I can say, Hey man, I'm dealing with such and such. You know. But most of us deal with this on our on our own. We we it's a battle within within our soul that that it, and it's something that's just warring against us. It causes depression, it causes anxiety. A lot of these things are caused from from not just every time somebody's depressed, that doesn't mean that they deal with lust. I've just said this is one reason people have depression. Um, Romans twelve and two, it says, Be ye not conformed to the world, the lustful mind conforms us to the world. So I think we can pretty easily determine that lust is wrong here Here's another let me let me go a little bit deeper and say why lust is wrong since we've determined that it's wrong. Not only does it separate us from God, not only does it war against us and cause us pain and strife and all that, but lust objectifies this is one of the major things that it does is it takes away our humanity from us right because it's not in our nature, not in our created nature to be lustful. So it takes away our humanity, and then what lust furthermore does is it takes away the humanity of the person or the thing that I'm lusting after. Let's stick specifically to personalities and to humanity here, and and set aside the other types of lust because the Bible generally is talking about lust from person to person. It takes away; it objectifies that person. They they become no longer a, a brother or sister to you, and they become this object that you can that you can think about that you can. Uh, wish after, do these different things, right? Uh, It it satisfies itself first. Lust's goal is to satisfy self. That's what it wants to do. Um, It twists God's plan. It it messes up God's plan for sex in the home. God gave a perfect plan. He gave it perfectly. And I don't have to talk about all that because we understand it, right? Lust messes that up. Simply put. Finally, or not finally, but at least in my list here, it usurps God's authority. Lust is always going to take away God's authority out of our mind. When, when we walk with God and we know that God's leading us and directing our path and we're doing good and we're praying and we're doing our best. We're not perfect, but we're doing our best. We know God's on our side. But then what happens is lust gets involved and it takes us away from that authority of God. It's almost immediate how that happens. Um, we, we, we don't even realize it and then all of a sudden we're not praying. All of a sudden our Bible's left at the house. And, and, it, and it can begin with lust. Um, somebody pull me up Matthew 5 and 28 through 30. Verses 28 through 30. Now, let's find out what Jesus said about lust. Uh, obviously, we know that in the Old Testament, the scriptures, the, the commandments tell us that we are not to commit adultery. Um, it, it's pretty clear that the Old Testament, the Old Testament had, uh, it, it didn't have a lot of. Extra explanation whenever God gave a commandment in the Old Testament. He just said, Thou shalt not steal. He didn't give no explanation. He said, Thou shalt not steal this or that. He didn't even tell you why. And that's the thing about a sovereign God. He didn't have to. He set the law in motion and He said, Thou shalt not steal. He didn't tell us all of the details of why we shouldn't uh, commit adultery. He didn't tell us what that would do to our souls and to our, our families and to our homes. He didn't mention it. Because what He assumed, God, not He didn't assume, what He wanted us to do is when He said a law, He meant for us just to follow it. So in the Old Testament it says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. There's another one that says, Thou shalt not covet, which is similar. Covet could mean objects as well, money, houses. But it could also covet, remember David, he coveted Bathsheba. He, he wanted her so bad that he ended up taking her, killing her husband. Y'all know the story. He almost ruined his whole ministry because of it. But what's up? Let's go ahead. Uh, this is what Jesus says. Now, we believe that the God of the Old Testament is Jesus. So Jesus did say, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But then he comes in flesh and he's able to communicate with us on a flesh to flesh basis. So he, he, out of his voice that was in the, in the body of Jesus, he speaks Matthew 5, verses 28. Can you start at 28 and go to 30? Or whoever had it. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Okay, right there. So, so he, he, He's told what adultery was in the Old Testament, and that was the physical act of one man and another man's wife, right? Um, Jesus comes in here He says, the moment you look at another man's wife to lust after her or to, to want her in a sexual nature, you've committed, you've committed adultery in your heart. We've impurified the heart the moment this happens, right? Continue on, whichever, wherever you were. And if thy right eye Mm-hmm. From right. for, it is for that one of thy out, not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. That's right. That's good right there. J- Jesus is not, I don't I don't think, and most preachers preach it this way, Jesus is not really meaning that we should pluck out our eye if we're dealing with visual lusting, right? What he means is it would be it would be better that you didn't have an eye so that you can go to heaven. But what he also means is that if you could. Instead of physically plucking out the eyes, there's something that you could do to spiritually block the eye. Uh, and so, and I'll talk about that in just a minute uh, as far as on the what to do thing, that maybe the some practical tips of how to um, not really poke your eye out, but how to poke your eye out. Does that make sense? <laughs> um, let's read, somebody pull me up, um, James... You've got the ERV. Would you pull this one up for me? James chapter one verses fourteen through sixteen. James chapter one verses fourteen through sixteen. So this is the the this is the the progression of lust, um, and, and what we're going to see is that what what it what eventually happens. So whenever you're ready, sister, right? Right. 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 I love the ERV in this scenario. It, it gives us a, a very clear indication that these first thoughts of lust are not sin. That moment when a, uh, um, a good-looking fellow walks by or a pretty lady walks by and you acknowledge beauty. It's not. It's not sin. It's when the. It's when it. It. It lingers and it dwells. That it. That it becomes something that's objectifying. And and the truth is, every one of us throughout our day. And I don't know. I can't. Maybe I should just speak for myself. I guess I'm smart enough. And honest enough to realize when somebody's pretty, right? One preacher said it this way. He said, don't do the double look. Look if you, if you happen to look, acknowledge and then move on. Get away from it because it's the dwelling from this temptation. If temptation was sin, then the Lord Jesus would have been a sinner because He was truly tempted in the wilderness. We talked about that earlier too. That the, the fasting that Jesus had to do was to weaken weaken him to the point that he could be tempted, because if he couldn't have been tempted, he would have he would have not fulfilled all righteousness. He had to be truly tempted, and so so again, temptation is not sin. The, these fleeting thoughts that might happen throughout your day are, are it's it's not you being a terrible sinner. It's not me being a terrible sinner. It's the it, it's the dwelling. So that's what we're that's what we're working towards. I don't think we'll ever get so blind. We'd have to be dead. And pastor will preach it the same way. To 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 never think that anybody else is beautiful, to never think that anybody else looks good, right? We would we would be dead. And and so that's not the case. I, I'm not gonna lie to myself, but I because if lying to myself's not gonna help me either. Sitting around, well, I think everybody else is ugly. Well, I'm a liar. I need but I what would be better is I get honest with myself and say, okay. This is happening this is what's going on. what can I do about it instead of lying, what are my practicals because what it's going to do it's going to lead to death it's and, and it won't be the sin of lust that leads you to death it'll be the sin of adultery or the sin of fornication or the sin uh, of pornography and pornography doesn't everybody says well there's well there's not everybody there's a lot of um, <clears throat> there's a lot of scientists that say well pornography is not a bad thing pornography you're not hurting anybody you're just you know you're just you and a computer screen but the reality is is that somebody who watches porn on a daily basis sooner or later they get into what's called uh, niche pornography or i don't even know what the word is anymore but like specific genres and these genres can be could be acted out eventually right a, a lot of rapes happen because somebody watched a lot of rape porn okay so it's it's not the in reality really it isn't necessarily the porn it causes somebody to see death. It's where it goes. So even lust in our scenario, I'm not saying we need to walk around lusting. I'm not saying we need to be dwelling. I'm just saying it, it's it's not really the problem. The problem is where does it go? It'll lead to adultery. It'll lead to to this or to that. It'll lead to death. All right, because uh, adultery can it, it, There's no room for it in the church. It, it won't. I, I I just it just won't ha- it won't stay. Like it might happen, but those people, they can't stay. It's like the spirit, the spirit separates itself so far from them that they're so isolated and, and it's death to them, right? So what do we do? Again, this is not necessarily the the end, like this, you can't just take this seven things. It's interesting that this is seven again, seven daily sins and maybe seven topics. If I can keep that going, I'll try that. But you can't say that, okay, I'll do all of these and I'll be perfect. That's, that's saved salvation by works. That's the salvation by works mindset. This, these things that I'm about to tell you, they're essentially they're our start. They're our drawing nigh to Him so that He can draw nigh to us. Because at the end of the day, if we don't have the Gospel, and when I say the Gospel, I, I really mean the full aspect of it. I mean the, if we don't remember His death and remember that he, he, was, he, he was that sacrifice, and if we don't remember His grave, because his grave to us is where our sins are covered. And then if we don't remember his resurrection, he says if I'm the first he says Jesus was the first fruits that I might also come come to life with him, I think is the way it words it in one translation. He was first fruits come out of the grave, therefore I can too. And when I come out living in his name, I, I don't I don't have to be bound by these things anymore. I have to be careful. But I can't. I do know at that point that I have a way out. So, what do we do? First thing we need to do, 20, Proverbs 25 and 14. I'll find this one. Somebody else find Proverbs 50 and 14. I'm going to read Proverbs 25 and 17 or 19 or 15. I can't really read my writing. Let's see. We'll start with 17. Ah, so it's setting boundaries. First thing we can do is set some boundaries. Um, when it, when it comes to my marriage life i've set some boundaries you know some people i have a well i do have a lock on my phone at this point but Samantha knows it i have this little habit that i like to do um, i like to just when i take a shower i like to leave my phone sitting somewhere on my desk or on my bed and she knows that she can snoop it anytime she wants now I, I can't stand when I'm wanting to play on my phone and she wants to snoop it right beside me. I, I'm not hiding anything. I just would rather her snoop it when I'm not looking. You look through with the thing. I don't care. So I've set a boundary. The boundary is I'm not hiding anything here. right? There's nothing hidden here. right? Um, th- another boundary is, is I am not going to find myself alone with another woman. If I have to call somebody... Um, I 've had it at times, you know somebody wanted to talk to me about something it's another lady in the church. You know I might talk to them on the phone, but my wife 's with me. I 'm not going to sneak off and, and talk somewhere. and I really don't even like doing that I 'd rather just be in, be in like a room with my wife and her, or maybe this lady 's husband or, or, or something. We, I don 't want to find myself alone. I 've set some very simple boundaries. Another very important boundary is I do my best to have nothing on here that would lead me to a road towards pornography. I don't have Pinterest. The most interesting thing recently, I've never I looked at porn a lot, y'all. I never once looked at porn on Pinterest. I didn't know I didn't even know you could. I opened up my Pinterest the other day and there was images, it was ladies in bikinis. And I'm like, what what, what? I hadn't opened my Pinterest in, in years. And and I I just I happened to open it cuz I wanted to look up a project. I had some free time Want wanted to build me a little Palette project or something, you know, out of pallet wood. And there was, there was, there was uh, on us, anyway, I don't even know how it happened. But anyway, there was a lady there and I said, no, 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 no. I deleted Pinterest immediately. Pinterest is not on my phone anymore because I knew what it would do if I didn't be careful. You know, I'd scroll, I deleted Instagram years ago, a a year over years ago because Instagram doesn't want me to be saved. I have to be careful with Facebook. I've set boundaries and we all, you, you, you have to determine, you have to Figure out what's your boundaries, what you're going to set. Uh, the next thing to do is list reasons to resist. Psalms 50 and 14. I didn't even read the Scripture, did I? So, so Proverbs, Proverbs um, 25 and 17, Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he be weary of thee, and so hate thee. God's even about boundaries. He even lets us know that the best thing to do is don't be in your neighbor's house too much. Or he's gonna get mad at you about something. You're gonna to get too close. He's gonna get tired of you being there. He's like, he's tired. It's ten o'clock at night. Oh, please leave so I can go to sleep. You know. That that's we have to be careful of that, right? We don't we, we don't want to, and God's God's not He's talking about night in and night out. He's he's say, anyway, we just gotta be careful. God's about boundaries, right? Um the next reason, Psalms fifteen and fourteen. Who had that? One? Did anybody have it? 50 and 14. You got it? Cool. 50. Chapter 50, verse 14. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. All right. We've made promises, right? The, the, the specific to- topic here is, is we need to remember these things that we promised God. Okay, we need to. Sometimes it's good to make a list. Some people call it a Thanksgiving journal or a list of Thanksgiving each day or each night to remind yourself of why you don't want to do things like this, why you don't want uh, to have this in your life. And this could be really for any sin specifically, any any issue that we deal with. um, It doesn't matter what if it's bitterness, if it's uh, anger, if it's pain, whatever. Right? You could you could do a, a a a gratitude journal to help you out with that. It's just reminding. It's reminding God, reminding yourself of the time you promised God that you was going to do whatever you had committed to do, right? Another one is identify triggers. I don't have a scripture for this one. I tried to find one, but I couldn't. I just understand it, I guess, in a different way. Um, and maybe I wrote, maybe I searched it wrong, but I knew that that Pinterest thing was a trigger for me. So I got rid of it. I knew, I know that when it comes to my drugs and alcohol addiction, I, there's certain things that trigger me, right? So I have to be really careful. Now, am I saying that I'm just at the very brink of going and getting drunk again? No, that's not the case. But I'm protecting myself. I know what my trigger, I know what causes me to fail. And so I can, a lot of times, I can you know, help myself before I get there, right? I'm almost done, y'all. Healthy ways to stay busy. I'm going to read Matthew 6 and 33. So we need some healthy ways to stay busy. Uh, anytime you remove, I tell this a lot to people who come to me talking about their addiction. Let's say smoking, for example, smoking a cigarette. It's a habit, and it's, it's not all the cigarette. It's not all time, the nicotine. People quit, and they get, so a lot of times they're, they're easy. They get rid of the nicotine. It's not a big deal, but they, they feel like they're randomly just searching their pockets for the cigarettes because they want to do this, this motion, right? It's a habit. And so what a lot of times you have to do is you have to re, do your best to, re, to take away the bad habit and replace it with a good one. So what I tell people a lot of times is, is, is obviously chew gum or split sunflower seeds or something to replace. Every time you think about pulling out a cigarette, get a piece of gum out. It's not a bad habit, right? So you, you generally have to replace a bad habit with a good habit. So healthy ways to say busy, Matthew 6 and 33 says this, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. We're never going to go wrong if we put ourselves towards the kingdom of God to working towards His kingdom. Um, wh- wh- whether that means inviting people over for dinner, whether that means reading, just simply sitting down and reading the Bible, it's, it's taking things that God uh, that has, has proclaimed to be good and, and filling our time with that. Um, Samantha's got a Scripture on the wall in our bedroom. It's Is it Philippians? It says, um, it says, think on pure things, essentially. Try to get your mind on the things that are righteous. And, and away from the things that are negative if you're married and you uh, th- th- again this is not so much I'm sure there's scripture for it I just couldn't find it if you're married and you're dealing with something like that you you would try to begin to date your spouse again you, you rekindle a relationship um, is it gonna make everything perfect maybe not but it's gonna tr- it's gonna be a help you start you start um, doing your best to seek to To see your not this is not using your spouse to fulfill your sexual and lustful needs. It's it's remembering who they are to you, beginning to date them again, beginning to fall in love with them again. I think what what was that movie? uh, Not movie. I think it is a movie actually, but it's a book specifically called The Love Dare, and that's what it it did. Is it is this this couple was about to get a divorce for whatever reason, and the love dare essentially uh, it was a daily task that they were supposed to do. Uh, And the psychologist basically said to the, was it, was it, it, who's read that book? Has anybody read that? Okay, so no problem. So was it the man trying to get his wife back or was it the the woman trying to get her husband back? I can't remember the. Right, okay. Right, both of them. Okay, so he kind of started the love dare process. Maybe something else. That was fireproof. But in the movie fireproof, they have a book. His dad I think is the one that gives him the love there. So throughout the movie fireproof is doing the love thing. And his dad said that they did it. Like in the in the movie, they're not they're not advertising the book. It's as if yeah, that character started the love there. Okay. But it is a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can get in it. it tells you what to do. your first day, do this. Write a little love letter to your spouse next day, you know. Do some extra dishes, w- whatever. Right, and and <laughs> I'm almost done. I, I got two more. I I I won't. Res- so Psalms 19 and verse four says 14. That's why that didn't make sense. <laughs> All right, so the 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 topic or the thing we would do is is to begin to be self-aware or to meditate introspectively. I don't mean just sit around and meditate. I mean sit around and think about what's in here. The battle we fight mostly is in between our two ears. All right? uh, so Psalm 19 and 4 says this, Let the words of thy mouth and the meditation of thy heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. So there's a, there's a benefit to sitting around and this maybe kind of goes in with the thankfulness, right? Maybe these kind of go hand in hand, but sitting around and thinking about, maybe uh, w- one thing I would tell a, a lot of the guys that I would help with their porn addiction, I would say, finish, finish, the, finish the episode, I think is the term I'd use, or, or finish, the, finish the event. And I didn't really mean finish the event, but I would say, next time you're tempted, next time you're tempted with something like this, and this can work with anything, play it out in your head. Yes, play out the pleasure, but play out the pain too. Don't forget that when this pleasure is over that there's going to be some pain involved. Play that out. Run that out. Run it out where you lose your spouse. Run it out where your kids never get to come home again or where they never respect you again. Run it out where you've lost the respect of your peers. Run it out where you, where you find yourself so drunk that you can't drive and then you get in jail. Run it on run it out. Find out where it ends. And what it'll do is this meditation can help you to realize, no, 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 that's no, that's nothing like what I want. This little moment of pleasure is not gonna do it, <laughs> because we we we've looked at the we've looked at what it, what it can do. I said, well, y'all would probably think future's this way, right? <laughs> Finally, one more um, James five and sixteen it says confess your sins or confess your faults one to another. There is some power in a support group and accountability. Um, I, I don't believe that you should set. Or, you should go around to 10, 12, 20 different people, telling them about your issues if you have a lustful issue. I don't think you should run to every preacher and every person you see. hey man, I got a, I got a problem with whatever uh, Help me out. No, I don't think so. I think you should pick some certain people that you respect, specific people, it's preferably. And it's almost it's hard to, it's hard to ask, but you you almost want to ask them. Well, hey, um, hey, did you deal with pornography and did you get a control of it? And they say. Oh, that's a weird question. But did you? Yes, I got control of it. Okay, cool. I need your help. It's almost like you, and I'm, I, that's, you can't really do that, but you need to use discernment to realize who uh, somebody who can help you because sometimes you walk up to people and you, you're being sincere about an issue that you have. I, and I've had it happen to me. Um, not, well, not, not really happen to me so much. I've had people tell me about this. They say they went to somebody and they and told them about their issue and they laughed at them, you know. Men are men. Men are hard, men are harsh. And really what I told that person was they were probably dealing with it too and they didn't, have another, they didn't know a better response. They didn't mean to laugh. They weren't trying to cut you down. But you blindsided them and all they could think about was their deal, right? And so, and so you, you got to be careful who you talk to. Regardless, however, accountability is important. Um, a, a support group, a specific support group, Alcoholics Anonymous, is you know is one of them that the world knows about, and it's just, and it's an effective program. It uses the Bible. It is a a twelve step program. It uses some scripture, um, but it's mostly effective because of its support group. It gets people involved with people who are like them, um, but that can be dangerous. So anyway, you just got to be careful. So let me read. Let me just uh, quickly re re um, re summarize. Set boundaries list of thanksgiving, identify your triggers, um, get the unhealthy out and find out healthy ways to stay busy. If you're having marriage issues, begin to date your spouse again, meditate and finish the, finish it. (laughs) And then a support group and accountability. Um, and then finally, I guess I'm going to close it up with kind of how I started. These are only draw nighs. These are only things that we can do to begin the process. And if we do not trust God to help us with the process, it's not going to happen. Our will will someday run out. The will, the will of the human flesh is, is it's almost at enmity with us. So that's that. Does anybody have any questions or concerns or comments that they would like to make towards this topic? I know that's a tough one. sure for the for the podcast Samantha says she doesn't stoop I don't my point was that's a that's a boundary that I'm not willing to cross is yeah let me add Sure. See if the Bible's for it. The Bible's for it, okay, but it's not. There's a reason to write it off because yep. basically the Bible's the man. What we need to do and what yep. we need to follow. Yep. You're putting something together. That's you know. A feet. B. You're with C and you're like, oh, why is it not? You know. So the Bible's the man. I, I, I look at the Bible. every day. even little you know, The Bible don't say about it. that's good, you know and and two on that, and I want to go back and make somewhat point this out again a lot of times your instructions if you're putting something together, it doesn't tell you why a goes to b it just says a goes to b, and the, the Bible's a lot like that a lot of times too it's it, it it's not always going to tell us why yeah, but God gave us there you go I mean, mhm you know like. we do. So a lot of times, and, and luckily the Bible is explanatory on a lot of things. It's not that it isn't. but just sometimes, and that, that's why you've got to take the whole Bible as a whole because you start to see the explanation as the whole. But individually, you read that and it's literally take A and attach to B. Okay, well where's this going, right? So that's good. Well, and that's the thing, you're right. I think all of us have common sense. We all know what we're doing right or wrong. That's just proof of the Holy Ghost to me. Proof that God wants us all to be saved. It says that He wishes that no man, no person would be lost. And so you literally have to shut out the voice that says don't do that. And most people do it with drugs and alcohol. right? Drugs and alcohol is usually not the problem. It's something else. And they're using the drugs and alcohol to cover up the voice that's saying, hey, stop doing what you're doing. You're You're destroying yourself. It's like, oh, well, can't listen to this no more. Do some drinking, you know? i uh, like to say that I think God causes me to be every individual person in the whole world. Yeah. That's mine, that's the line, the line, the yes. That mindset, first mind, and second mind, third mind. Yes. That third mind is a to trying to be in so. Mm-hmm. Definitely so. Anything anybody got anything else before I cut off the recording and we can just enjoy our conversation? Cool. All right. Well thanks for listening, everybody.